Cincinnati. to episode 242 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons, and you're very welcome uh, inside the doors. Uh, I know it's been glorious weather in Cincinnati in the past week. Um, it's been okay here, but you know, every port in a storm and all that. Uh, come in, uh, kick off your shoes, curl up in front of our roaring open fire. And let uh, my partner in crime, Nathan Palmer, regale you with his beautiful, textured voice. <laughs> not quite sure about that, but good to see you, son. Now, officially, properly, um, well, we're not in the off-season, actually, oh, there's a Super Bowl coming up, but it certainly feels like, from a Bengals perspective, um, we're kicking some fairly dusty tyres at the moment. But why not, <laughs> you know? People, people are out there hungry for their content, and we'll do what we can to give it to them. Yeah, it it is weird, isn't it? Because I think people are so eager, and I think we're all we're all part of this. Really, we're so eager to move on, uh, so eager to get February out the way because the Bengals obviously aren't involved in any uh, shenanigans. In fact, the vast majority of the league uh, are now not involved in any shenanigans. I think we all just want the super bowl out of the way and so we can concentrate give them give the mock drafts our full our full attention and uh and um you know d- d- there's various things you can do to get going on that you can be your own gm i know fan sided do their own uh, be your own gm um simulator which is always great fun wildly inaccurate but really good fun um Paul Dana Jr. and old friend Paul and the Athletic, they roll out their uh, um, make your own adventure sort of thing. Basically, you know, there's a spreadsheet with a bunch of names on it and a, and a budget, and you've got to fill in the gaps. And that's much more realistic, and actually much harder than you think. But um, so there's various things you can be getting on with mock drafts as well. Um, but really, it's Super Bowl week, Nathan. I should be excited, but I'm not really. I don't. I don't think I care very much. Um, <laughs> do you? I mean, are you do you get in? I'm just, I saw pictures today. It seems that today, if you remember when the Bengals got there a couple of years ago, right? It seems like this second week is when it all really kicks off. You know, the the teams have landed in Vegas now. That that big sphere in in Vegas has been kind of lit up in various team colours and CBS colours, uh, Nickelodeon's commentators, um, including Dora the Explorer, I noticed is part of the Nickelodeon coverage. That's been released. So things are starting to get, you know, kind of uh, rolling, and I should be excited, but I'm not. So how, well, how are you feeling about this this um, this big match? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited enough. I think um, it's. I, I told you at the start of the, the playoffs. Not many people, certainly, um, you know, not a lot of people actually fancy the Chiefs. I've had a bit of a uh, poor end of the season, so I had a little flutter on them. So from that perspective, I guess I want the Chiefs to win. But mm. if it, the neutral in me, that's hard to say. You probably want the 49ers to win, don't you? Sort of make you know, give it a bit of point of difference, and um, you know, prevent the Chiefs really going on a sort of mental dynasty with, you know, all these wins. But you have to take your hat off to both of them. They, It's hard to sit there and say neither of them deserve to be there. I think the 49ers um, were probably the best team in the NFC by a reasonable distance in the end. Um, and obviously, you know, you look at the Chiefs and they've done an incredible job through the playoffs. Great win on the road against the Bills, um, sort of propel them forward. And then the win against the Ravens is great. You know, a lot of people fancied the Ravens in Baltimore and, 
you know, you've got to say that the, the Chiefs really sort of found another gear in the playoffs, a bit like we did the year we made the playoffs. You know, not mm. a lot of people thought we'd get there. We stepped up. We won some great games. So I think both teams deserve to be there. What's your initial gut saying on where where things are going to trend towards, my son? Uh, what in terms of winner and loser on on? Yeah, like what, what, what's your initial thoughts? I think a Ooh. lot of people are saying it's very very close and it's not much in here. I think um, you know both obviously very good teams. It's not it's not like there's a clear obvious favourite for me. No, I think you're right and. I mean, you look at the 49ers, right? And I think on paper, they're, they're uh, are they a much more talented team. I think they might be a much more talented team on paper. Um, and you certainly look in the first half dozen games, the 49ers looked as though, you know, no one could beat them this year. And then, uh, and then we rolled into um, the Bay Area and just uh, destroyed them, which... Uh, you couldn't resist getting that in, could you? No, of course not, absolutely not. Um, but they do have some great players, you know, McCaffrey, obviously, Samuel and Ayuk, and uh, Purdy, again, had a good season, not quite as good as last year, I don't think, but, um, you know, their defensive line is fantastic. Uh, obviously, Shanahan, it would be good for Shanahan to win, I guess, if you're going to go down that route. Um, but I have to say, just taking all, you know, just being as objective as possible, I have to say the Chiefs have just know how to do it, don't they? They know. I mean, I I was really impressed with the the, the way they started against Baltimore. They really almost like you know went into the ring and just smacked him in the mouth straight away. Uh, and Baltimore just it almost surprised them, I think, um, and stunned them a little bit. It took them a little bit of a while to to understand what was going on. And the the Chiefs and you know, whatever you think of them, I know that there's this sort of rivalry with the Bengals, which is great. You know, who who knew five years ago? I, mean, I just just mentioned this actually. It's it's the fifth anniversary of Zach Taylor becoming head coach at the Cincinnati Bengals. Would you would you five years ago? I would I would have taken I would have bitten your hand off if someone said to said said to me and to us as a fan base. Do you know what, lads? You and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be big rivals. That's something I would have not expected someone to say to me. Do you know what I mean? So, um, uh, you know, everybody hates the Chiefs because they're our rivals and they're just a bit whiny, aren't they? But I have to say, they they just seem to find a way. They grit it out. They find a way to win. And Mahomes is really good at that. Uh, whatever you think of him, Kelsey, whatever you think of him... Chris Jones has a habit of taking over games when you when you least want him to. Um, I, it's really difficult, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's difficult because the the 49ers um, broke my heart as a as a teenage boy when uh, when they when they when they snatched uh, victory from the jaws of defeat against us in Super Bowl twenty three. In 1989, all those years ago, and um, and then the Chiefs, uh, you know, are one of our aside from say the Steelers and the Ravens, our most sort of uh, you know hated rivals. So which which one do you go to go for out of that? I don't know. Which one can you root for? I don't I don't know. Um, I struggle to to root for either of them to be honest with you. Yeah, it's tough and. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, it's the Super Bowl, isn't it? and I think you've got to just get past the whole, you know, the whole rivalry bits. So if there's a Steelers in there, you know, I'd be, I'd be, you know, putting everything and putting on a 49ers jersey, I think. But um, the Chiefs, yeah, there's a rivalry there, and I, I think the way Mahomes has conducted himself at times this season has not been ideal. Like I said, probably the neutral in me, um, you'd probably go for that Brock. Early story, wouldn't you? Like you said, Shanahan getting his first one. Um, I'm a big fan of Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a fantastic player. So you probably lean towards them. Um, and it'd be like it's always nice to have another change, isn't it? You know, just to sort yeah. of another team a chance. Forty um, Niners have, you know, they've been there or thereabouts for a couple of seasons now, haven't they? Um, since Shanahan took over, and you know, finally got to the the big dance. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be a very interesting game. You know, both teams have got. 
Um, you know, some fantastic players. You look at Brock Purdy versus Mahomes. They always talk about in the playoffs, you know, it comes down to the quarterbacks more than it does in sometimes in the regular season. Obviously, you're going to give the edge to the Chiefs in that regard. Mahomes been there, done it, has raised his game in the playoffs. I think throughout the season, Brock Purdy, for me anyway, has been massively disrespected. Um, I know he's got McCaffrey. I know he's got Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, you know, Debo Samuel. For sure, you've got a good offensive line. But he's still got to do it, you know. And he's been there. He's a, you know, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. He's, he's turned up. And no matter if he's checking it down and he's doing whatever, his stats across the board are better than Mahomes' throughout the regular season. You know, he's got better completion percentage, yards, uh, touchdowns, rating, the whole lot. So you've got to give him some credit. You know, I'm not saying he's a top five, maybe not even a top 10 quarterback, but you know he's turned up in a favorable position and they've won games and he's taken them to the Super Bowl so despite the fact that you'd say yep yeah, for sure you know Mahomes will not be phased you know in that game he's been there he's done it um, you've got to think Brock Purdy there's going to be some nerves there for him for sure but certainly from that perspective you've got to give the edge to the Chiefs do you not think so? Oh yeah, but I, again, you look just everything that you just said. You list those players, and you think, "Oh, 49ers are good, man." But I do think they've shown, you know, they were lucky against the Lions in some respect. Fair play to them for coming back, but you know, the Lions did their best to, you know, hand them that on a plate a little bit, and there's sort of, there was some bad luck along the way as well. But yeah, I mean, the 49ers really shouldn't be there. And for all the really good players, I think they are beatable for whatever reason. Um, they shouldn't be beatable. They should be like they were at the start of the season when no team in the NFL looked as good as the 49ers. But the Chiefs, again, they're just really annoying, aren't they? They know how to win, you know, and um, they know how to do it. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> If I was going to bet on one team, it'd probably be the Chiefs, I think. But I'm not. I'm not uh, spending any money on this uh, on this Super Bowl. I don't think. What's your routine, Nathan? Um, well, obviously, there are no. Are you not going to any Super Bowl parties or whatever? What's What's the routine going to be this Sunday? I'm not even sure I'm going to stay up and watch it. If I'm being quite honest with you. Are you miss blows side. <laughs> Old, yes, no, not too, yeah, miserable. No, I, no, I don't know. We'll see. But um, what about you? Are you planning on uh, staying up for it? Do you know what? Like the Bengals not being in it normally, I just sit and watch it at home. You know, I will stay up for it and watch it and just get a quick kip after. I'm quite tempted to do something for it this year, though. I you yeah. know go to some normally my local pub um, shows it got a big screen and you know it's obviously easy to get home but they're not I don't think they're showing it this year which is a shame so I might try and see what's going on if something's not too far away but I don't know like Mondays are bad enough as they are and they let alone when you've been up to three in the morning sinking some Guinnesses and watching um, you know football in a loud bar so I'll, I'll probably go out this year I want to try and uh, watch it and I think I do think it'll be a really good game so um, yeah but I think that's my routine what, what would be your ideal then apart from you know the Bengals getting there and coming to a like, Super Bowl you know that, that Super Bowl party we put on was pretty amazing but uh, what would be your ideal food uh, booze What would it be indoors putting your own thing on would you go out what would be your, your ideal Super Bowl watching experience would you say you don't, you don't do anything too fancy, you know. I genuinely, this if this year, if I was staying at home, I'd do an incredible plate of nachos. I love <laughs> some good nachos, you know that. Yeah. And I, I'd have a few Guinnesses, and I'd just sit there on my sofa with a few Guinnesses and some nachos. I'd be more than happy with that. If I go out, I don't want anything too cringy and, like, loud. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I was, you know, like, I'd, 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 for pubs showing it, and it's a good crowd, and it's not... You know, trying to be too, you know, trying to be too American and all be upon this and let's do all this, you know, that, that. I don't want it too, a bit too silly. So, you know, like a good, just a good pub that's open, got it on a good screen, cold beer, you know, maybe have a bit of food. You can't go wrong there, can you? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I think I'm with you, really, I think. Um, before all the Bengal stuff kind of took over, I used to go down to my mates um, in Gloucestershire and we used to stay up and watch it together buy some obscene snacks and a few beers and just watch it and that was it really it was pretty low key um but then obviously you know as i say the bengals stuff took over and i think uh that super bowl run it, it just brings back memories from that super bowl run wouldn't it doesn't it really and uh 
you know what what fantastic time we had so let's hope the Bengals can can get back there but yeah for me it'd be simple snacks um uh nachos are a good shout really um i need to tell i need to talk to you about the recipe actually to see what what's uh what's appearing on palmer's palmer's nachos um we mentioned it uh just there we're, we're just freewheeling tonight actually we are there's no guess there's no real sort of plan tonight i've got some correspondences that i'll go through uh with you all a bit later uh, but we're just going to talk nonsense for a bit, really. Um, so, Nathan, what, what do you want to talk about? There's not a lot of Bengals news. Now Now the whole Callahan pitcher thing has uh, has quieted down. There was a report that the Bengals are looking at uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback coach or something like that, I believe, or I'm not quite sure. They're still to fill their quarterback uh, coach position. Um so what do you want to talk about? Not, there's not a lot to talk about news-wise, but anything you want to get off your chest? I, I had a weird Bengals dream last night. I'd, I'm happy to go through if you, if you're into that kind of thing. But um, anything that you'd I, like to talk about? It, it might get a terrible IMDb rating this episode, might it? <laughs> <laughs> it might, it might, or it might uh, not. We're freed of the shackles of. We can go anywhere tonight, Nathan. We can uh, conversationally go anywhere. Uh, you know, I was thinking, like, I'll just share my uh, stream of consciousness on my walk to work this morning. Um, I don't know if the Bengals are... I, I think if we get DJ Reader back, I'm not sure how big of a need there is on that defensive line. Not that mm-hmm. there's not a need, but I was just playing devil's advocate to the fact of, you know, you got Reader back. I think everyone wants to pick Reader back. I think he'll be back as well. I'd, I'd be shocked if the Bengals... Um, unless they don't think he'll be healthy, which you know is obviously hard to okay, say. Okay, here's, here's a question then about Reader, and I feel um, I, d- I don't feel well placed to talk about this because obviously I'm a bit biased because people know he's my favourite player. But I will say this: but do you do you think that this sounds horrible a thing to say actually? But do you think um, his injury means that? we might actually get him back a bit cheaper than um, if we were to get him back, and let's hope we do. Um, do you think him being injured actually helps in terms of a cheaper deal, shall we say? Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't think it'll be massively substantial, but I think more than anything, if you're a team around the league and you're saying, you know, we, we might be interested in DJ Reader, who, let's be honest, was absolutely phenomenal um, the last couple of years for us, he's been arguably our MVP on that defence. Um, what will turn people off is he turns thirty this year and he is coming off of, you know, a season-ending injury. So th- there's going to be teams that you know will place him down on their boards, their free agency boards because of that, and it probably will impact him, you know, getting perhaps as much money as he wanted. But um, I don't know. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, how significant uh, a torn quad is um, in terms of how long the sort of recovery from that is, if it's an easy recovery, if it's going to be one of those things. Well, he had, a... this is the second time he's had it, hasn't it? But um, yeah. that was the that was the season-ending en- injury for him a couple of years ago. Um, but he was he was ready to go for for camp, I believe. Now that this seems to be. Uh, a similar situation, but it's the torn quad on a on the different leg, so um, it's not like a recurring uh, thing in the same spot. You know what I mean? But it is a, the same sort of injury, I think. So, and when you look at Reader in action, the way he sort of kneels down and corkscrews and takes on, you know, contorts his 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 that massive frame of his into all kinds of strange shapes and. Uh, anything to kind of hold off the double teams and you know penetrate the gaps and whatnot. Um, no, it's no wonder, really, if I'm being honest. But I asked the question just because it's like if he wasn't injured and he was going into free agency off the back of what was another really decent year for him, and he's very well regarded around the league, and certainly um, in terms of personality, he's a team captain, he's a very inspirational guy, lovely guy, as we know. Um, I think he would be really well sort of and he could you know he would have perhaps got his final big payday but getting injured just before season's end you've got to think that teams might use that 
as a bargaining chip to kind of drive his value down, which is a real shame for him, really, I think. Yeah, and the thing for DJ is, like you said, he's a team captain. I think he's really enjoyed his time in Cincinnati since he's been here. The lure of Cincinnati more than ever now, which we've not had in the past, is that we're, we're in to win a title. And he's in, going into his 30s, like I said. You know, I'm just not sure for him if he'd look around the league and say oh you know actually I might go to the Cardinals or I might go to you know the Panthers or something like that who are just realistically not in contention for the next year or two you maybe not you can never say two years in the NFL because things can turn around very quickly but realistically um next year you know teams like that won't be in contention with Joe a healthy Joe Burrow this team's built to win um and it's built to make a big run you know DJ was there for the Super Bowl um year for us he'll know that we're more than capable of that and he'll know as well that if he comes back and he's healthy and he's fit that he'll strengthen our case for it so that's always going to be on our side I think it's a, it, I don't think I wouldn't say it goes far as say it's a no-brainer for us because obviously you've got to you know, balance the books and make sure that it's sensible. But the reason I made the initial point about the D line is I think if you've got a healthy re-signed DJ Reader and BJ Hill at the tackle positions, you've got Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson on the edge. You're only Miles Murphy, and this is what it boils down to is he if he can play well and he can really step up and alleviate a bit of sort of fatigue and pressure on Hubbard and Hendrickson, you draft a guy in round two or three on the D tackle position, I think you're all right. Um, I worry a bit about Cam Sample, um, Carter, people like that. I don't think we saw enough of them. Tupo and Tufele. And Joe's, Joseph Asai as well, who didn't take that step forward last year. That, that's that's potentially the concern. I think you probably want to use a second slash third round pick on the, the D tackle position, and then again probably an end at some point during the draft, or, or maybe just a real cheap hunt on someone that you know around the league that's not well known or you think maybe he's got a higher ceiling and you could get a bit out of but all i'm trying to say is i don't necessarily think you know that that it's a massive issue for us i think if you as like i said yeah but but you look at the stats last year they had a you know they had a bit of a nightmare against the run they were one of the worst run defenses in the league and but i put that down to depth i you, you know um yeah. We're asking BJ Hill and DJ Reed and have done for the past couple of years to really play so many snaps and Yeah, it's true. Uh, we need decent backups. So I wonder if there's we're gonna be active in free agency in that respect. Or as Paul Dana says on on here that po- podcast growling, he wants to see the Bengals go out and get Christian Wilkins, who he thinks would be the big the big splash addition this year. Um you know, forget DJ Reader, unfortunately, uh, but get someone younger, arguably better in terms of pass rushing ability uh, on that D line, and Wilkins would be the man and really, you know, kind of um, make people sit up and take notice again, exactly the same in the same way that they did when they signed Reader. Could there be a really big splash? Uh, I haven't got the list of free agents in front of me, but Christian Wilkins is one of them. And you can't tell me that the idea of adding Christian Wilkins is not, you know, a sexy one. It's, it's a, it, it, war. You, you know what I mean? But I, I would also think they would need to fill the right tackle position as well. I think in free agency this year, uh, Illuminor seems to be the, the consensus pick. He could be good value. Um, how aggressive do you realistically think the Bengals will be um, during this offseason? I'm talking about the draft as well. I'm talking about um, free agency, obviously, and resigning our oh, own. I, I think they'll be okay. I mean, I think that they've got some money to spend. Um, obviously, the stuff with Burrow kicks in next year. It's just a case of whether... The thing is, they have got some money to spend. But you know, it goes back to this, this thing that we spoke about the last couple of weeks. Do you spend $21 million on... T Higgins for a year uh, or do you pocket that cash and uh, trade you know tag and trade him away pocket the cash and spend it uh, you know elsewhere because they got if you remember they they did some fantastic deals a couple of years ago getting cheat you know when William Jackson left they they got almost like um, they got went full bog off didn't they sort of bargain not sort of mid-level free agents you know, buy one, get one free sort of thing, almost. You know, when William Jackson left, they got Hilton and Awuzie, uh, yeah. and look how well those two players turned out. 
Now, could that happen this year? Could they, you know, maybe think, you know, and, and, and Duke Tobin did speak to the media um, down at the Senior Bowl this week. He didn't give too much away, uh, but there was a few interesting nuggets and he seemed to acknowledge that the trenches were a big deal and they are aware that, you know, defensively they weren't good enough that last year. So, ah, uh, it's tantalising really because, you know, I do think they'll get some get some lads in, but it's just a case of uh, where on the scale, you know. Maybe there is a splash thing because I say Burrow's money doesn't cook in, uh, you know, um, kick in until next year, I believe. Um, so maybe they can this year do a bit of wheeling and dealing and get a few new faces and then supplement that, as you say, uh, in the draft because that's how the Bengals have always done it. They they've gone for mid level free agents although there's been a few splashes recently uh you know brown orlando brown last year no one expected that no one expected reader a couple of years ago trey hendrickson no one really ex- uh, expected that um i think yeah i think there'll be a few additions this year but um it, it all depends on t and we'll we'll know that pretty pretty soon by the end of feb early march um would you, would you trade, like, would, you know, would, would that be a sexy option for you, tagging T and then seeing if anyone fancies it? I mean, the problem with the first-round pick is, is gonna, if you, people are talking about that potentially being what he's worth, the problem is no one's going to give you a top-half first-round pick. It's going to be some team in the 20s to, to 30s that's going to want to part with that. But, I mean, to me, that does... If that, if, I don't get it. I'm not going to be an expert and sit here and say you know what what teams might do and we talked about the titans potentially you know would they with a callahan connection be interested in doing something like that but i mean if we were offered a first round pick for t higgins you know obviously saving that cash as well i mean in many ways like i know you want to win now and that's the key thing it's oh great the first round pick you know you look at miles murphy last year in terms of what he contributed during the 2023 season that's not going to be anywhere near the difference um between us winning and losing obviously 10 times out of 10 you'd rather t so it's just where you use that money like exactly like you said is if we use that money from t and you go and get um like a christian wilkins and then you also draft one of the you know use that first round pick on a um a receiver or something to replace t then you know all of a sudden you start thinking "Mm," but i'm just interested to see you know would would you be interested potentially in tagging and trading uh, i would yeah i would i think yeah um i think i think you could push for a one but you know um I think you're more likely to get like a two and a yeah. You you get you'd be looking at high twos, I think, which is exactly if you remember, which is pretty much where he was drafted, really. Yeah, so, yeah. and the thing is about what I mentioned it before. The thing is about wide receivers. There's a lot of good wide receivers again in the draft. So uh, maybe you could draft one at eighteen. Maybe we we go in first round wide receiver again if T goes. There's a couple of ready made in terms of size and what's down on paper. You know, I don't think uh, Roma Dunze it will be there. Then you got Brian Thomas Jr. Obviously, not going to get into draft stuff quite yet. Um, there's a few big lads uh, around in the draft, so I, I don't think getting someone decent would be a problem. It's just obviously, you, we've got a lot of emotional capital invested in T, and he's a heck of a player as well. So. It's going to be interesting. And Duke did say something interesting. He said, look, we weren't interested in trading T because he was our, our player last year, but now he's not our player. So I, I don't know what... I don't know. He's difficult to read Duke Tobin, isn't he? I've just got, by the way, uh, just gone on to Spot Track and seen the um, free agent defensive tackles. Now, Chris Jones is probably, you know... No way. No way. DJ Reader comes in the number two on their free agent list. And they reckon the market value for DJ is fourteen point nine million um, uh, per year, so that's higher than he's at, he is at the moment, I believe. Then you've got Grover Stewart; he's been talked about a lot. Uh, he's from Indianapolis. Uh, Fletcher Cox is probably a bit too old. Uh, Sheldon Rankins is a, is a decent, solid player. I like him. Um, Daquan Jones, maybe he's thirty-two though. Uh, and the big one, I think, which uh, there's a couple I, I quite like. Um, Tier Tart, who apparently they were interested in, they put a claim in on um, uh, at, at the end of last year, but he's he's out of Houston now. 
uh, Javon Kinlaw of San Francisco as well. And they're around the 26 uh, years old sort of mark. And um, so, yeah, I think I think some... I wouldn't be surprised if they could go there. So let's look at Tier Tart, actually. Um, no, let's look at Kinlaw. He, they've given him a market value. And that's average Sally is five million a year. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, be as good as Reader or as good as Hill even. But, you know, I do think we need a few decent reinforcements on that line. But anyway, I shut up now. What do you think about wide receiver? I mean, a lot of people are sort of mocking a wide receiver to the Bengals at, in the first round. Is that does that turn you on a little bit? Does that juice you up? Obviously, on the basis that um, that he's gone, is that I'm assuming. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I think I think a lot of the mocks have prefaced by saying there's a possibility that uh, T. Because basically, if you if, even if you tag T. Higgins, he's going to be gone after this year. I think so. Yeah. It's just whether you want to have one last crack at crack at the big one with with T on your side. Um, so there, I mean, there certainly wouldn't be any harm in drafting his replacement this year to get him into the swing of things you know i don't know um the, the thing for the thing for me i think is uh, if you let t if you let t go um there's always some pretty good wide receivers out there that are out of contract that have got a potential ceiling you know people i mean you look around the league i'm just looking now people that would be available now i know they're probably um, you know, it's very hard to sort of predict what the the market is for some of these players. But you've got people like a DJ Chark, you know, that you could bring in, and you think now he's going to be less money than T. You you have the first round round pick up your sleeve, and you saved a bit of money. You know, in those instances, it's like okay, cool. And the thing that I think we need, and we know this, is a bit more speed at wide receiver. You know, so if we can potentially get a guy that. Um, is going to play alongside Chase, can maybe stretch the field a bit, offer a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sort of decoy, you know, someone that defenses have got to, you know, respect over the top. I think that could be a good move. You know, there's there's always some good receivers out there uh, with a bit of experience under their belt. DJ Chark, like I said, I think will be a very very good complementary receiver um, to Chase in terms of ability wise. He'd fit in there as a number two, number two guy. Still 27. You know, I don't think that would be a a terrible move. I don't know what his status is in terms of um, Carolina wanted to retain him, but you know, last year in a terrible offense, seven hundred yards, five touchdowns. You know, not bad. Yeah, uh, if you can get that sort of production, he, he's he's thought to be his market value is ten point nine a year. I'm just on Spot Track again now. Fantastic website if you don't know SpotTrack.com. S P O T R A C dot com. Um, yeah, Kendrick Bourne as well for um, the Patriots might be you know. He's not bad. What did he get? Mind you, only uh, 400 yards last year. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Um, you'd be looking. You'd be looking at similar production. So um, DJ Chark. Um, yeah, he, he's a good player. Paris Campbell from the Giants didn't hasn't really kicked on as he since he was drafted. Um, Calvin Ridley. There's a lot of 28, 29, 30 year olds in this year's. I mean, T. Higgins is the most, I think, attractive, um, uh, attractive um, signing just because of the age, really. And SpotTrack reckon that his his ma- calculated market value is eighteen point six a year. So not quite as as much as you'd think. So. Uh, Michael Pittman as well is is kind of quite attractive. The Indianapolis guy. Yeah. He's got silly money. He will. Yeah, let's have a look at his uh, market value. Twenty two point seven. So there you go. I mean, I I would argue that you know Higgins is probably a better player than uh, than Michael Pittman. So we'll, we'll see. You know what these sort of things. Um, you know these things tend to kind of descend into um, into a bit of a, a, a bidding war, don't they? And uh, T Higgins, don't forget, has got uh, Mulagueta as his uh, agent, and we all know about him. So um, 
Do you know the final thing, just very quickly on the receivers? It also depends, I think, from the Bengals' perspective. I think we all agree Boyd's going to go regardless. I, I can't imagine the Bengals spending, you know, whatever it might take to get him back, sort of around eight million or whatever, you know, Sport Track's saying on that. But it depends what the Bengals think they've got in Charlie Jones and Andre Yoshivas. Yoshivas had a couple of touchdowns last year. I thought he did really well considering where he was drafted. Charlie Jones missed a bit of time, but again, like it was good returning the kicks. I thought played okay when he had the chance it's whether they the Bengals think those guys either one of those two guys has anywhere near the potential um firstly to potentially fill Boyd's now I think that's doable you know between Irwin Yoshivas and Jones I think you could say one of those three should be trying to fill that Tyler Boyd spot I'm not too concerned about that but I don't think any of them that I've seen and it's still very early days on Yoshivas and Jones but I'm not sure that you know, even in two years' time, potentially they're going to fill the spot of someone like T. Higgins, who for a lot of teams around the NFL would be a number one yeah. wide receiver. So I think that's something just to sort of bear in mind as well. We have got some decent depth. The three good players are in Yoshivas and Jones, and yeah. I don't think any of them. Yeah, would you want you to want to see player. more from Jones. I think Yoshivas had a really nice rookie year. I think, um, but you want. I mean, I wouldn't again. You know, whew, are you are you playing Yoshivas on the outside or are you? Or are you, you know, um, <clears throat> thinking about him over the middle in the slot? You're thinking about Charlie Jones? Because we all thought when they drafted Charlie Jones, that was going to be your your Tyler Boyd replacement. And he had a he had an in-and-out sort of rookie year, didn't he? He, got, he was injured for, for much of it. Well, not much of it, but a bunch of it. Um, made some nice plays as a returner, showed some speed. Um but yeah, he's he's a crucial one. I th- I would say Charlie Jones. I tell you what, Nathan. If you have a look at the running back free agents, then oh, I tell you what. You forget Derek Henry. He's not coming to the Bengals, I don't think. Um, Josh Jacobs. He's only twenty five years old. He's going to get big dollar, I think. Um, they reckon he's going to be going at ten point six on Spot Track. See, I like Tony Pollard, and he's twenty six years old. I think, and they reckon his. His market value is six point five a year. I wouldn't be. Whoa. Do you know what I mean? Pollard's a decent player, very quick. Then you've got, of course, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Gus Edwards, Zeke Elliott is a bit past it, I think. Devin Singletary, who's just come off a tremendous year for um, for Houston. He's a free agent. DeAndre Swift, I would be, be decent. I think yeah. he'd want a bit of money, but he, I think six point seven is his market yeah. calculated market. So these guys aren't going to break the bank, you know. Um, you want a bit of a bigger, tougher guy, didn't you? Though than Swift, Swift, like he's more of a speed guy, I think, isn't he? You, you want someone to pair with Chase Brown, but like we saw last year the speed that Brown's got, very electric, very exciting. You want a bit of a geezer who's going to stick his head down and, um, you know, try and sort of you know bruise through wear down defenses i i think some great names here i aj dylan we'll, we'll look out for him i reckon aj dylan might be a shout 3.5 million dollars i mean i think he's a good player aj dylan so what i'm trying to illustrate is that if you wanted to cut mixon this year which you know would save a bunch of money there are some players out there that would cost less and arguably offer a little something a little someone a little bit younger a little bit more dynamic um but the 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 free agent running back class is pretty deep this year yeah and and i i think that's where your best bet is you know a guy in the fourth round maybe third round that's a bit of a bit of a bruise or something like that the problem is it's so hard isn't it to know because Obviously, you've got to wait and see what the Bengals do um, in free agency. I mean, if in an ideal world, they could get a good tackle that everyone was happy about and maybe a tight end or something like that and really sort of filled up um, some of the core needs there, then you, you wouldn't be too afraid to go and say, actually, we, we're going to use a second-round pick on a, a running back and be a bit ballsy about it and um, get someone in. And then you say, you got that guy and pair him with Brown. So I think that's definitely definitely an option a lot of people are turning around and saying look you know keep joe mixon he's got a deal with the club the club don't like to you know try and get out of these deals when they're sort of committed to them and obviously he's restructured i i just think that the money that you spend it on joe mixon i think you're looking at what tony pollard was saying i'd say tony pollard's a better running back um than joe mixon um certainly a bit younger and um a bit quicker but 
I don't know. It, it, I'd be fascinated to see what happens next. You get so many different trains of thought on Mixon. There's a lot of fans that are, you know, very excited about that. You know, they think we should keep Mixon, and you know, he's with the team. Why would we get rid of him? And there's a lot of people that are quite, you know, we need to move on. We need to get younger at the position. We need to go a bit quicker, a bit more dynamic. So it's, it's a tough one, really, to to foresee. It is, but it's all in front of us, Nathan. I'd, I'd say, you know, defensive tackle, right tackle. We haven't really spoken about that tonight. I'd, I do think Jonah will be on his way because he'll want to test the market. Um, you know, then there's running back. There's anything in? The, could we sign a, a get rid of Nick Scott perhaps and sign another veteran safety for a bit of solidity back there? Um, you know. Um, you know, Cheeto's probably going to be going, you'd think. Um, so uh, do we go out and get another mid-round free? You know, there's 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 options all over the shop here. Um, so it's going to be an interesting jigsaw puzzle as per usual. Uh, I can't wait. It's it's always a fascinating time of year free agency, isn't it? And and then, you know, that, that really um, influences what we do in the draft, you know. So... Um, uh, it's all there, all to play for. It's fantastic. So let's let's uh, let's go to your uh, correspondence, shall we? Salamander. Andrew Dockerall at Dockers77. Imagine discussing the wrong SB. Hashtag Team Senior Bowl. As for the lesser SB, Super Bowl, just please don't force me to watch a Kelsey Swift Mahomes celebration again. Um, are you one of those people that's sick and tired of seeing Taylor Swift on the television at NFL games, or or do you not care? I have to say I don't care too much, really. But uh, oh, I don't care. No, it's not good, at all. good for them. Good for her. It's always been the case when when famous people have uh, sports people as boyfriends and girlfriends and things like that. And you always TV stations have always concentrated. Uh, their cameras on the crowd. It's uh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, it does laugh give some weight. I mean, you know, and I'm sort of saying this tongue in cheek, I guess, but it does laugh give some weight towards the whole like scripting the NFL. Because I tell you now, like um, for a Super Bowl like this, you got Taylor Swift rolling up. You got the, <laughs> right. the Chiefs probably got the most you know noteworthy players in the NFL. You got the best quarterback. You probably got the best tight end, Andy Reid, potentially would retire after this. One of the best coaches uh, the NFL's ever seen. So. You know, in terms of that, you've got the 49ers as well coming over from a big market in California. So in terms of the NFL trying to make it the, the biggest global sporting event there is, I'm not sure you could put much more fuel on the fire than what they've got there. Here's a question for you, sort of Chiefs related. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit shocked at uh, how Eric Bienem has been treated. Um, now, he was one of the hottest sort of, you know, candidates for a head coaching position, uh, has been for a while. Of course, he became offensive coordinator at the Commanders last year, and Dan Quinn has now replaced uh, River, Riverboat Ron as head coach. But they've just hired Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. So Eric Bieniemy is back out in the cold, um, and I'm just a bit shocked at how he's been treated, actually. Well, yeah, ex-Bengal as well, isn't he? Ex-Bengal has always been sort of talked about as, you know, he was in the mix, I think, for for Zach's job, you know, and he has been in the mix for various head coaching jobs and uh, and I thought when he became offensive coordinator in the, in Washington that he was he was going to bide his time. He was he was Riverboat Ron's heir apparent, but uh, um, no, obviously not. He's out in the cold. It's so difficult, isn't it, when you've got a team like the Kansas City Chiefs because especially when the enemy was there they had Tyreek Hill as well as Kelsey and Mahomes and it's just such a dynamic offence with Andy Reid there as well who's a genius in that respect so it's so difficult to know how much of an impact he was if you took all the you know the offensive coordinators around the league and stuck them with Andy Reid and that offence you'd like to think they'd be pretty damn good so really difficult to turn around and say you know oh actually he will be a great coach or not for whatever reason it's really hard to pinpoint isn't it because i don't know if it's uh oh he's not 30 you know he's not 40 like some of these young coaches i mean he's still very very much got you know a career ahead of him being at 54 but uh, yeah uh, the commanders are just uh, they've been a really like the whole Washington franchise for the last five or six years might be the most insignificant franchise in the NFL. You know they're well, always they're just shit, aren't they? They just yeah. they, they don't they don't handle themselves very well. The, yeah, the organization yeah. just feels like yeah. an absolute dumpster with loads of bin juice. Um, 
even with new owners they don't know they don't seem to know what they're doing but we'll see you know i'm um don't know it's yeah you're right though they're not they're not very uh they're not very um what's the word i'm surprised quinn went there i thought he might go back to uh seattle but of course mike mcdonald we should also talk about the fact that that the yeah. baltimore defensive coaching staff has been absolutely gutted this yeah. uh, past week mike mcdonald has gone to become uh head coach in seattle uh, which i think is great because he really did have our number the past couple of years uh and uh, defensive backs coach has gone to miami i believe or someone like that and another well-regarded coach has gone somewhere else so the the ravens defensive staff has been completely gutted yeah massive that you know and i think there's been a, another couple of movements around the afc north with coaches so yeah i mean the, the ravens are going to be the biggest threat in the afc north next year i think you know all the Teams in the AFC North will always be quite handy um, the way they're sort of built and set up, especially on defense. But yeah, that's that's certainly useful. Um, so hopefully it will lead to a bit of organised chaos at the Ravens. Let's hope um, so. And um, Odell Beckham looks as though I don't know whether they're going to re-sign him, but there was a stat going around that uh, his catches this season amounted to and related to how much he was being paid for the one year. I think each catch he made was worth about four hundred and fifty grand. Uh, so he he did pretty well for himself. Uh, I wonder if he'll be back. And, and of course, Agholor is also a free agent wide receiver. So again, they they went for it and they it almost came off for them, didn't it? But they bottled it at the last. So um, you love to see it. Jamie at Trequat Beaster. I've never dreamt about the Bang- Bengals. Uh, he's for, I'm for firmly pro 49ers in the Super Bowl, so we can say that we beat the eventual champions. Uh, and an ideal off-season scenario is England winning the Euros. So those are the questions I put out there. Have you ever dreamt about the Bengals? And if so, what? Um, who would who are you going for in the Super Bowl? And what would an ideal off-season look like for you? So let me explain this dream that I had last night. It was quite a vivid dream. So I dreamt that um, Joe Burrow um, uh, moved into the house a couple of doors away from me here in my little cul-de-sac in uh, in Warwickshire, and he he had grown a very sort of a bit shit actually a, a really straggly beard, and he looked a bit you know he was wearing like stained grey sweatpants and he'd let himself go a little bit quite frankly Nathan, um, but he I got friendly with him and he gave us an interview for the podcast. Can you believe? So, uh, but that's you know getting Joe Boy on the podcast only only in dreams, um, I'm afraid. Uh, and then there was um, Zach Taylor. He was on the sidelines uh, coaching a game as he does, and a bird came down and perched on the end of his nose. And he, it wasn't like a big bird; it was like a budgie sort of budgerigar sort of scenario and it was flapping his wings about but i think zach tried to style it out so he pretended that nothing was happening and of course that video clip was was captured well that moment was captured on telly and that video clip went viral and then to finally finally the 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 third part to this dream was that i i was with joe boy and zach but the watching a game but it was on a street. The game was on this on was on a road on a street, right? And each down and snap, they moved forward. So we had to kind of go over to the next street to get a good view. Do you know what I mean? Because the game was moving along this road, a bit like a procession, like a like a parade or a fete. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's a bit of a funny dream, really. All in all, it was uh, Paul Dana got in touch when I tweeted this out and said that he had a dream once that. Um, the Bengals took a kicker in round one and he had to go around and ask uh, uh, key people in the organisation what, why, and that that had him waking up in cold sweats. Have you had a dream? Have you, have you had sex, any sex dreams about the Bengals at all, Nathan? Anything like that? Have you? Nothing that I can remember that stands out particularly. I'm sure, I'm sure I've foreseen wins and losses in dreams, but I, I can't share anything that's going to be of much interest or value to bump up the rating of this podcast unfortunately <laughs> well neither have i to be fair i don't think you could argue but um uh um but yeah it's a good shout from jamie um 
do you do you have sex dreams anymore? Is that are we too old for sex dreams? Is that a weird question to ask? I don't know. We cannot be having that on the podcast. No, that's true. That's true. We better gloss over that. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to say it. But anyway, uh, so Jamie um, talks about the Euros because there's a still there's there's still a lot of fantastic sport to be had this year. The Euros. We've got the West Indies coming to town uh, in the cricket, which I'm, I'm hoping to get. To. If anybody can sort me out a ticket for the West Indies, either at Edgbaston or Lords, then I'll be your friend forever. Um, uh, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Long-term disliking of the 49ers. They broke my 15-year-old heart. That said, anyone but the Chiefs, so maybe it is time to let it go. You don't want to visit my dreams. No, Stuart, I I, I, <laughs> I, don't want to be inside your head uh, for your dreams, um, Stuart. I, I, think there's the <laughs> I think there's a whole dimension of, uh, of uh, stuff going on there that uh, no other human should be party to, I think. <laughs> uh, Rob Hill, surely this season... Solid end, uh, ideal off-season, says Rob. He wants to retain T and DJ. He wants to sign a quality right tackle and tight end. We haven't even mentioned tight end tonight, actually. Uh, draft an early OL and DT, and then in later rounds, a wide receiver, cornerback, and tight end. Reese Zamet, allocate to Bengals practice squad. Uh, a non-Bengal off-season sees Cardiff Rugby signing some gnarly South Africans. Oh, and an overdue lottery win. Here, here. Um, I'm going to have to Google who is Reese Zamet. He sounds like a Star Wars uh, character, or something. I got Scooby Doo. Oh, hold on! I know. Sorry. I, of course, it is. Um, Reese Zamet is the Welsh rugby player who's gone over to try his luck in the NFL. Did you, did you read that story a few weeks ago? This very highly rated Welsh international rugby player, and you see clips of him. He is absolutely lightning shit off a shovel he's really quick and he instead of uh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle because he's left uh, rugby behind to go and have a crack at the NFL so uh, that's a good shout Rob I wonder uh, I wonder what position he's going to play actually um, maybe he'll be a receiver maybe he'll be running back I don't know um, uh, but yes I'll take a lottery win as well I think Rob for sure um, uh <laughs> Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram says of the Super Bowl he wants to see a violent, brutal bloodbath of a game. <laughs> uh, uh, let history show there were no winners. Well, there we go. Um, uh, he wants, I think he wants, uh, he wants murder on the dance floor, doesn't he? Oh, Matt Gibbs there. He doesn't want to see. There's no winners, as he said in this one. Uh, John Kelly at JKNI Bengal 68. Anyone but the Chiefs, unless they're playing the Ravens, that is. His off-season, uh, he says, is uh, my mock drafts work out and we get we get Rome at 18. That's Roma Dunsey. Um, tag T. Then we've really got the best triumvirate of wide receives ever. Uh, DT and OT in free agents. Uh, as we're shit at drafting linemen. And summer, good season for Gregor, uh, Kreger uh, Cricket Club. Um, I'm going to have to Google where Kreger Cricket Club is. It's somewhere in Northern Ireland, but that's it. I wonder if our friend Duncan Yeadon, Slam Dunk the Funk, will be back on the cricket field last year. He was talking about... Uh, um, uh, he was talking about hanging up his, his cricket uh, boots... Uh, this year, Nathan. So we won't get to watch those fantastic uh, YouTube videos, but we'll see. Uh, maybe we can convince him. Alex Costa, uh, at Alex Costa ninety three. I think barn owls are the most superb owl species going. Uh, I think. I think so. Are you a fan of owls? I saw a picture of Salma Hayek yesterday um, with an owl sitting on her head, and she was working away at a desk. Have you ever worn an owl? Uh, Nathan, at all? I've never, never seen an owl in my life. What? Well, not like a wild one. No, but if, like in a zoo, or a, have you ever been to? I'm getting get going to go with Alan Partridge here, but have you ever been to an owl sanctuary at all? <laughs> not a sanctuary. No, I might have seen one knocking about in a zoo, but I don't, I don't remember that either. Yeah, do you know what? I don't know whether I've seen one live in an owl. In an owl? In 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 a live? I'm not seeing a live owl. 
in the there wild. There's a great question going around on, I can't remember if it was Twitter or something the other day, but it was like, how many owls would you have to see in a row yeah. to think that the world was going to end? Like, how many owls would you have to be like, oh my God. Like, if you saw one, you'd be like, meh. Like, oh, cool, it's an owl. But like, if you saw like, so how many would it take for you to be like, yeah, but I'm not yeah, aware of this. So, so you say, is this, is this the thing? If you see more than, say, two owls in a row, that means the world is going to end. Because I would say if you're going to talk about a bird that uh, precipitates Armageddon, uh, it would have to be a raven or a crow or something like that. Because, like, crows are, are quite sinister, I think. And yeah, their, think eyes, happens, their eyes, their like, eyes, their eyes, their eyes. Crows all the time, though. Like, the, the point was, like, with, like, if you saw, like... Like, if you were walking down a road in your little cul-de-sac in Warwickshire and you saw an owl, you'd be like, oh, wow, it's an owl. I've not yeah. seen an owl. But, yeah, then but, but I wouldn't think, oh, my God, there's another owl. Oh, no, the world's going to end. I would, I would... That's the point. How many owls would it take? If you saw, like, 100. 16 owls, would you not be like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? Well, yeah, yeah, I would. But I'd be like, oh, that's really cool, 16 owls. But if there was, like, 100... <laughs> if you saw 16 owls, you would absolutely shit it. All right, if I saw six, 16 crows looking at me, uh, following me around, crazy. right, what what would happen, right, if you were just walking down your street? If you were walking from your gaff in North London to work, which I know you do regularly, and you were followed by a mer... This is the thing about crows, right? Forget owls. I think they're quite cool. They can turn their head 360 degrees. They're, they're, they're cute... Um, I have to say, just going off on a tangent a little bit, not that this isn't a tangent, but on Instagram at the moment, I, I keep getting bombarded by little videos of birds, uh, of like birds, like um, not like wild birds, but pet the birds talking, talking in like in a hilarious manner, like parrots and budgerigards. Uh, I just keep getting these clips all the time and they're my new favourite things. So it's interesting that we've ended up talking about birds. But anyway crows their their collective noun you know what you call a group of crows is a murder of crows nathan if that isn't any more armageddonish i don't know what is so if you were walking to work and there was a murder of crows just following you everywhere what what would you i think you'd be terrified wouldn't you um yeah i, I like crows though. they're so clever and apparently if you leave like um food out for them on the regular and then you switch the food up to better food right. so like apparently they like bring you gifts and things and what? they recognize you yeah what do you mean bring like, you gifts like, so like if you if you like um so you were to give a crow like a bit of a shitty loaf of ovis or something right and then <laughs> and then you went out and got it like a really like fresh nice bit of tiger bread from the baker yeah and like i don't know if crow would appreciate like butter on the bread or anything like that but <laughs> apparently if you do like change it up and give it a bit, you know, sort of up the ante a bit, then they'll start bringing you like, you know, shiny coins that they find on their travels and, you know, earrings that people have lost and stuff, which is quite interesting. Well, it is interesting, but um, there's a lot to unpack there. You're telling me that crows bring. <laughs> That, well, there we go. I don't know. Is it, does anybody out there can, can confirm this that crows will give. Uh, Jewellery-based gifts as a uh, maybe you need, need to start doing that, Nathan. Maybe you need to start upping your get your food game for crows. Maybe leave yeah. a ham sandwich out there with some sourdough bread or something like that. Uh, I've got a lot of pigeons outside my place. I want to get like, ideally like scare off. They yeah. try and get the windows. Yeah, pigeons. I'm not sure about the old pigeons, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've 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 gone mad, haven't we? Really. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon i think we'll um yeah we'll keep it going because there's a lot of stuff to get through in the back next couple of weeks do keep in touch with us at today underscore uk do try and confirm if anybody out there can confirm uh, this idea that crows leave trinkets as gifts for in return for a uh, better bread <laughs> um then please do get in touch as i say at today underscore uk on twitter x bengals uk on facebook bengals 
underscore UK on Instagram. And uh, as I say, we'll be back next week. We might talk about the Super Bowl. We might have some guests coming up as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And, of course, we're looking forward to seeing what happens in free agency. But uh, enjoy the Super Bowl if you're going to stay up for that. Uh, there's the consensus that seems to be anyone but the Chiefs, which is kind of quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, enjoy, and we'll speak to you next week. And, of course, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.